Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, happy Tuesday. Welcome to uh, Drive Through HR. This is our last show of January. I'm I'm Robin Schooling, along with uh, my co-host Mike Vandervoort. Hey, Mike. Hey, Robin. How are you today? I am good. You uh, you're out on the road, huh? I am. I'm at uh, I'm in Plano, Texas, at a Hilton, uh, and I'm at Global Best Practices, which is a a restaurant industry. Sh- uh, conference that best practices a lot of hr stuff and it's put on by tdn2k uh, always a great event kind of their kind of their mm. user user conference but it's it, you'll, yep. you'll learn a lot and uh, it's it's cool so, anyway it's all good hope i get to fly home tonight because there's no, supposed <laughs> to be snow in atlanta but mm. i got that won't happen so now we were supposed to maybe have flo- snow flurries this morning here in uh Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and uh, we had none. So, maybe, all right, maybe I'm Atlanta hoping for will be the same okay. in Georgia. Yeah. So, yep. Welcome yep. our guest. Yeah, we we have a special guest today. <laughs> we do. <laughs> so, we do. I always love this. Um, you know, this week because um, for anybody who's listening, perhaps for the first time in in the last several months, we took a took a stab at reimagining the show a little bit, and so each week we have a different theme. We rotate amongst four different themes. So once a month we do our theme that we've hashtagged um, do the work. Um, shout out again to our, our good friend Franny Oxford who coined that <laughs> phrase for her blog years ago. Um, but we love, we love that, that title. Um, so this is our week when we talk to an actual, real-life HR practitioner, HR leader. <laughs> and so this week we have Talia Edmondson from Revzilla. Welcome. Welcome. Hi. Thank you. Hi, Talia. So tell, us, uh, <laughs> tell, us, uh, tell us and our listeners uh, a little bit about, about your life, about your day-to-day, the work stuff and the fun stuff. Um, well, we can start with the fun stuff because – Okay, I like cool. to try to do fun things at work, right? But that all comes from fun that I have outside of work. So right now um, I'm trying to fill the void that has been left by the conclusion of fantasy football season that is over. Mm. Um, I'm a huge uh, fantasy football fan. Um, my husband <laughs> has never beaten me. So for the record, he is 0-8 against me. Mm. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I've got a dog. Um, my husband and I like to travel as much as we can, so those are pretty much the things we do for fun. Anything that's active, um, you can find me doing a little bit of everything. Um, but at work, 
is also a whole lot of fun. Uh, things change all the time. So as you mentioned in, in the write-up for the, for the chat today, um, RevZilla is headquartered in South Philadelphia. We're right down the street from the stadium, so I do get to see Lincoln Financial Field every day, which I know is not exciting to you guys as it is <laughs> exciting to me. Yeah, no. um, but I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry about that. Um, but, yeah, so being headquartered in you know, South Philadelphia is great. RevZilla is truly a Philadelphia startup success story. Um, I was I came on at about employee number 35 or so, and between our full-time and part-time employees over the last six years, we have crested 400. So wow. uh, mm-hmm. we have had a lot of fun. Uh, we have had um, an incredible amount of work to do, but um, you know, trying to keep perspective on constantly growing and then just making sure that my team and I are iterating uh, the way that we operate to face all of those changes has been has been a, a great deal of fun at work. So it's, it's so, been so Taya, it's been great. So, what, what does what does Revzilla do? Yeah, so Revzilla is an online retailer of motorcycle apparel, accessories, and parts. So we sell everything except the motorcycle. Hmm. Yeah. We also have a really uh, incredible content piece to the business. So we have a YouTube channel that has a substantial number of subscribers as well as a, a blog called Common Tread where uh, employees as well as fellow riders, anyone that is very active in the motorcycle community can create and contribute content as well. Uh, we produce all of the YouTube videos on site. So we actually have a very large studio where we do all of our product reviews and then the videos are shot here and edited and then uploaded to the YouTube channel. Very cool, and you're not tied to one particular, you know, like you're not tied to just Harley Davidson. You're all all motorcycles all over the world, sort of centric. Or we're, yeah, we are most brands except for Harley. Actually, Harley has some pretty okay. interesting rules around who can sell Harley Davidson branded items. I would um, imagine, we, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And we're not, we are not able to do that, but we can outfit that style of rider um, mm-hmm. with things that are not Harley Davidson branded. Interesting. Now I've had the um I've had the pleasure of visiting the Revzilla offices on a couple of occasions and uh, I think we'll get it into the sort of the employee experience of that in a little bit, but as a as a visitor and as Talia took me around, um so one of the memories I have is we walked into uh, it, I I guess it really wasn't a storeroom, it was sort of a I don't know, I think it was gear that they were getting ready to check out or maybe photograph or maybe sample. I'm not quite sure. But it was a room full of the most wonderfully leathery-smelling stuff. Yeah. I I still remember the the feel and the smell of that room because it was intoxicating. Yeah, and it's I. So my office is right around the corner from the video studio, and I have always. I'm not a motorcycle rider, but I've always loved anything that had an engine that went fast. So I've always, you know, admired. I, I watched NASCAR. I've actually been to a few races, which is kind of unusual. Um, I've, I haven't seen a motorcycle race yet, but I love the smell of it. I love the sound. So when they're using a torque wrench in the studio and they're, you know, firing up a bike that they're going to do a product shoot on, I'm so happy to be able to smell it all. It (laughs) sounds really crazy. So I don't know if a lot of people love how their workplace smells, but uh, I would absolutely raise my hand for that. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, one of the one of the things um, that we know we wanted to talk about because I think this is just, and and you alluded to it already, but I think it's so near and dear to um, what makes you enjoy your job and makes you enjoy working there is from from the inception, from when you were employee thirty five to growing mm-hmm. the team and growing the organization. Culture has been just top of mind and very mm-hmm. intentional. Um, can, take us through that that journey um, a bit. You know how how your owners, how the founders, sort of map that out, and and you know I guess HR's critical role in in stewarding that. You know, sure. So the three co-founders. Um, you know, when when a company is started by at the time they were in their 20s, um, you know, it's it's very much the story of I started this business out of my apartment that was over this you know crummy store down on South Street, turning it into what it is now. What they it's it's definitely one of those I started this in my in my apartment stories. But what they the 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 reason behind Revzilla was because the three of them noticed that there was this giant gap in serving the motorcycle community from a concierge, high customer touch point level of uh, support um, in, in terms of, you know, you could go to a store and depending on where you were going to buy something, there was typically an element of upsell, kind of a pressure to buy. What they wanted was to instead become kind of your friend and teach you what you needed to ride your motorcycle safely. That was just it. From there, they iterated on you know, how that was going to feel as a customer. So as they designed the website, um, it was intentionally designed to you know, take someone through a, a shopping experience based on the type of motorcycle that they ride. So motorcycling serves a variety of different purposes. You could be a daily commuter on a scooter, or you could be someone that does a track day, and your needs are very different. So their, uh, one of their very uh, beginning stories was they were on the phone with a customer who uh, thought he was having trouble with a tire. So after a 45-minute long phone call that ended simply with him buying the tube instead of the whole tire, the customer said, oh. you know, I can't believe you're just going to sell me this $12 thing. And their response was, well, why would I sell you a whole tire when all you needed was a tube? So the idea was if that customer needed something, he was going to remember the experience, he was going to remember that there was no upsell, and after a 45-minute call, all we sold him was a $12 item. So Uh all of those levels of, you know, making sure someone just felt like from the customer standpoint they were taken care of needed to be injected into the culture as they started to hire. So there was a consistent theme in how we were treating customers and how we were going to treat employees and, and design that experience. So when I came on, um, I, got, I came on in 2012, and that was a big hiring year for them. And the partners kind of noticed that there was not a deviation from the, the, the way that they were hiring, but wanting to keep consistent in the types of folks we were hiring, the candidate experience, and then how that turned into the employee experience, which I know experience is very you know, trendy and buzzy and everybody wants to talk about that, but that's that's someone's reality, either as a candidate yeah. or as an employee. Your experience is your reality. That is what is happening to you in in whatever stage of the employee process or cycle that you're in. Um, 
so what we did from there was, you know, we didn't we didn't have a handbook, and I didn't want to write a handbook. So everything we did was tied back to hiring in terms of let's hire excellent people who are going to use good judgment when they make decisions. And then from there, we'll just kind of give them the framework and some loose parameters and just encourage them to ask questions if they feel like they're going to do something that they're either trying to do for the very first time. One of our core values is take risks, wear a helmet. So we're not averse to folks trying things from for the very first time with a decent amount of calculated risk involved. Um, so yeah. rather than just put a policy in place on top of another policy on top of another policy, we've intentionally kept things loose. We check ourselves constantly. Um, the leadership team is pretty consistently calling each other out for their shit. And we do it in a very comfortable, <laughs> constructive way where and it, it takes practice, you know, especially when we've got newer leaders in the room. Um, it takes practice, but um, we're consistent in our approach. And every time we introduce something new, we just kind of take we just take our time to make sure that we're not contradicting something that's in place. And that way you don't kind of get buried under the, I implemented this one thing, but now I have to redo these six things over here. It's just keeping yeah. things simple and being very mindful of what, what you're doing to your employees and, and their experience. Hmm. What's the average, uh, cause I, I've never, I didn't never had the, the opportunity to visit. Um, and mm -hmm. that, not that I've, you can but come like, anytime you average, want. I'll, uh, I'll do that sometime. Um, thanks. <clears throat> that wasn't like a blatant ploy to get an invitation, but it sounded <laughs> like it. Um, no, but I'm it worked. It worked. Get, so like, that's good. It yeah. worked. Yeah. So great. Um, <clears throat> closed that deal just like that. Um, the, no, my question seriously was, what's the what's the workplace um, like? Well, what's the average employee look like? And then, kind of, is it a call center or is it is it something some something different in terms of the work environment that the majority of your employees are working at? Sure. So our average employee age, is that what you're getting at when you say look like? Uh, just kind of like where, well, I just kind of, you know, who do you hire? Do you hire bike enthusiasts? Are they just average? You know, I don't know. Sometimes companies with a specialty like yours look sure. for people with an affinity. That's, I guess it's more yeah. like that. You know, what do you so initially the call for motorcycle riders was great. Um, that has not been the case um, over the last, I would say, three years because the business needs change. So where at one point in time we were still really trying to establish ourselves as the dominant, most knowledgeable player in the space, you know, there, there's street cred that goes along with calling in after you've wrecked your motorcycle and talking to someone on the phone and having them say, oh, well, when I wrecked my bike, this is the helmet that I was wearing and I never got a concussion. So you're kind of building instant credibility with the customer when you can relate to them. You know, a, a few years later, the, the call to um, not necessarily being a motorcycle rider, but being someone who understands what it means to provide a concierge-type service to a person. Mm. That could come from a variety of industries. That could come from we've got uh, folks. We actually have two people who work here who were practicing attorneys who are not anymore. Wow. Um, we've got folks wow. from different banking institutions. We have folks, uh, we have former teachers. We have um, Philadelphia is a, is a phenomenal restaurant city. So we have folks that come from some of those high-end uh, uh, food industry uh, areas that just know how to focus on making a customer feel like they're the most important piece to the business, which they really are. But it's it's rare that you get someone in a contact center that knows how to take care of a customer anymore. I think that's kind of a lost art. 
to be honest. Mm. Uh, So, yes, we do have a contact center here in Philadelphia. We also have a contact center in Las Vegas, Nevada, which uh, is on the other side of a building from a fulfillment center that we have there. So we have fulfillment Mm. center operations in Las Vegas as well as uh, Philadelphia and Louisville, Kentucky, or I'm sorry, Louisville, as I've been taught to say Louisville. now, yep. <laughs> um, Louisville. So the contact center here has about 40 folks. The contact center in Vegas has about 10. That was newly launched last year. And uh, the remaining pieces of the business that are in Philadelphia are all of the other support aspects of an e-commerce company. So you've got the Google geniuses that manage all of our search features, um, all the product designers, all of our infrastructure was entirely mm-hmm. built by our own engineers. We don't outsource anything. It might take us a little bit longer to launch something, but we will take the time to build it ourselves. And um, obviously HR is here too. Um, Our media and content team, everything else is in Philadelphia. Interesting. Yeah. I'm going to do a quick reset here because we're about halfway, uh, just a little bit over halfway through the episode. You're listening to Drive Through HR with Mike Vandervoort and Robin Schooling, and our guest today, Talia Edmondson from Revzilla, the mm-hmm. online e-commerce retailer for cycle enthusiasts, and uh, talking about all things spon- HR and <laughs> culture. We I should know, do a sponsorship right? memo too, Robin. Uh, so the the show today is sponsored by Q Inc., which is the organization that I work yes. for, and we're happy to do that. And if anyone is just interested in positive employee relations, check us out at cueinc.com. Thanks. <laughs> that that was that was perfect. We we don't even have to record that. So um, the announcer voice. So we're talking. Uh, <laughs> we're talking HR. Uh, we've talked about fast growth. We've talked about culture. We've talked about the smell of the Revzilla office, which is delightful. Um, another thing that I think, and, and you know, this kind of um, is a highlight for the HR team, certainly, but, you know, watching from afar, I see the highlights for the entire organization, especially there in Philly. Um, your HR team um, has recently won some kudos um, as, yes. as an HR team, which is super cool, the company yes. continues to get a lot of kudos um, uh, for being a top workplace and things of that nature. And you're very, very, very invested in the community. Um, so mm-hmm. it's kind of like three areas, but can you kind of talk to the, all of those? Because they, I think that everything just overlaps so perfectly. Yeah, so I um, I had the amazing opportunity to build the HR team that we have. Um, I don't know that I'll ever get to do that again in my life. So having had the opportunity to do that here, I, I am so incredibly proud of this, this group. Um, and we did, we did win the Delaware Valley HR Department of the Year Award in November, which was a very big deal for us. Um, the process was really great for the team. It was an entirely collaborative effort. There are eight of us, including myself, um, between the uh, two recruiters. We've got two people on the training team, and then um, we actually have someone out in in Las Vegas because that staff size is so large who who works out there full-time as an extension of the team. And then uh, myself and a generalist on the team who uh, are are focused on the day-to-day. 
um, the application was very lengthy, and when we submitted it, we found out we were finalists. Three judges came on site to basically make sure we were legit. Uh, it was very nerve-wracking to meet three total strangers and have them basically critique your work. They also interviewed Matt Cull, who was our CEO, to make sure that everything that we said about how HR is regarded in the organization actually checked out. They wanted his opinion hmm. on the function. They wanted to know, you know how much value we brought to the organization. But the, the, I think the trickiest part of that particular day was um, that, that visit was during Spirit Week, which we call Zillapalooza, and Oof, it was yeah. specifically on Orange Day because orange is our signature color, and we love costumes. We were dressed in orange from head to toe. Uh, <laughs> one of our recruiters was actually wearing an orange jellyfish on her head and fairy wings <clears throat> and just this kind of ridiculous outfit and we did not let the judges know what was going on just because we forgot so when the three of them were greeted by a bunch of people in orange and a ceo wearing you know chain mail on his head and this is as i'm saying it out loud i realized how completely ridiculous it sounded but we were actually afraid that we may have blown it a little bit but fortunately um, you know, everything they wanted to know about us held true. But I think the the greatest value in going through that entire process was knowing who we were benchmarked against, companies that we respect, uh, with mm. teams that, you know, we've met those folks out, out and about at different seminars and, you know, Disrupt HR events in Philadelphia. So we knew who we were up against. So it's great to win, but it's also it's also extremely rewarding to know that the work that you're doing really stands up against people that you also respect in the function. Yeah. So I think that was the best part of it. Um, you know, Revzilla has been uh, has has been named a Philadelphia Top Workplace for several consecutive years, and um, you know, I kind of there was a blog post by Tim Sackett recently, and I was I was kind of bummed, um, and I I did leave a little comment for him. I was bummed to that, you know, I, I know what happens and I know of companies who actually, uh, you know, will pay to have that sort of nomination. Mm-hmm. So when I see, or that designation rather, so when I see um, blog posts that kind of support that thought, I can't, I honestly, it, I can't help but be defensive because I know what we go through. Um, I am actually in the process of reading all of the feedback that employees have provided to us. So for us, we use a third party. We actually have to pay that third party to administer the survey and then get the feedback. If you don't, if you don't pay, and it's a, it's a sizable amount of money, then you never get the feedback. So to keep getting better, and it's not just about getting the awards, it's about seeing what people have to say. So I am truthfully in the process of reading through 588 different lines of free type commentary, good, bad, mm. ugly, um, and trying to find all the ways that, um, you know, if there has been a slip in our culture, how do we get it back to where it was? What can we do better? Um, people calling us out, you know, or, or showing us our blind spots. And it's a painstaking process that I go through with the leadership team and evaluating, you know, if, if there's anything serious that's kind of going on in the background that we may not have known about. But I subject myself and the, the leadership team as well as my entire HR team uh, to all of this feedback. So when we get it, I know the action that we take. And though the designation is not always honestly earned, I will, I will admit that for us, 
there's a hell of a lot of work that goes behind it. So like I said, I yeah. have a hard time getting a little defensive <laughs> or not getting defensive. Um, yeah, but the community piece I'm super excited about. Um, I know, Robin, you saw the article about the work that uh, there's one employee in particular, Martina, yeah. who is our yep. corporate social responsibility coordinator. Um, Tiger Elementary School is a South Philadelphia-based elementary school that is uh, in a neighborhood that is largely occupied by low-income and immigrant families. And Martina was previously a teacher at Valley Forge Military Academy, so pretty legit. Yeah, so we're lucky to have her, um, but her dream job is to try to save the world in whatever capacity. So we're fortunate to have her, um, you know, having started the program, again, in one of those take risks, wear a helmet situations, pitched what we could be doing in the community. And Taggart was Mm -hmm. chosen because she reached out to uh, the Greater Philadelphia Corporate Giving Council to find out what schools were in the most need and then pick the one that's closest to Revilla. So we we wanted to focus on education, and we wanted to keep it close to home, and Taggart definitely checked those boxes for us. So over the course of three years, Martina's been working with the Taggart Elementary School principal to build a new student welcome center, uh, acknowledging that there are a large number of immigrant families in the area. Um, you know, the children, you know, regardless of how you feel about immigration, the parent, you know, the what, everything that's being discussed about the border and all these things, the one element that can never, that can that can never be ignored is the children, because children yeah. are not in control of their situation. These children yeah. are in fourth grade; they have no say in in what's happening in their life. And then you drop them in a school, and they have they have no idea what's happening. So Taggart has developed a mentoring system, and these children are six years old and seven years old. They speak a variety of languages. Ninety percent of the students have learned how to speak English. It is not their first language. And mm-hmm. altogether, there are 13 different languages spoken in that school. So what Taggart's done is they have these amazing student ambassadors who um, raise their hands just to say, I have something I can offer this child. My experience was similar. Let me be their friend. So they connect with them wow. on a cultural level and then just kind of throw in the PS, let me show you how to take the bus. So yeah. the students are being set up for success. So we sponsored a new student welcome center that um, has everything a student needs because a lot of the immigrants don't have anything when the student first arrives at school. Yeah. So they're provided with um, enough clothing for one week, a backpack, school supplies, everything they need to try and have the most successful school experience that they can. The state representative for Pennsylvania has committed um, a specific amount of time each month to work with the parents of these children uh, in language services to help them uh, become employable in in the U.S., as well as uh, uh, computer training and access to computers that were uh, sponsored by Revzilla as well. So it's not just the children, even though that is a large focus, but it is um, the adults as well. So I'm really excited about that piece of what's happening in the community. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I just, I just love it. And, and yeah. you know, it's um, – yeah, putting you know we can put the tag the tag on it of corporate social responsibility, um, mm-hmm. and uh, but my you know your your organization you wouldn't even have to put a tagline on it because 
mm-hmm. you know, you're doing, you would do it no matter what. Uh, I mean, yeah. and I think that that's probably a great, <clears throat> you know, I think adding to the culture for the for the employees and for the people that work there and knowing that they're part of an organization that does those sorts of things uh, yes. has just got to be one of the greatest points of pride, I think, for people. It's extremely fulfilling. Um, we have that's that's only one piece. That's our biggest piece, and that was just in the news. The new student welcome center opened last week, but mm-hmm. um, but we have a voluntary uh, time off program. The entire program is called philanthropy instead of philanthropy, where um, employees actually have a specific number of paid hours. So they basically get paid to volunteer, which is technically not volunteering, mm. but we want to encourage them right. to take time to find organizations that speak to them and go volunteer you know, in, in whatever format that, that speaks to them on a personal level because if you feel good when you do good, and then you just yeah. bring that back here. So we, we love that yeah, program very much. It, it, it adds I, I so much to engagement, that. and it just—I I think it. Uh, congratulations on that, Ty. I think it, it, it all, I think that, yeah, that case study or that explanation, or whatever you want to say, also speaks to the fact that you don't have to be a huge billion-dollar corporation to do good in your community. You can exactly. you can do a, do a lot with a little if you have the right intent. I think, and so a lot of companies miss that. So I think, well yeah. Done. <laughs> Well, we're uh, we're uh, we're just about at the end here, folks. Um, we could again, as every week, keep talking forever and ever and ever. But um, <laughs> before we log off to, from today's Drive Through HR episode, um, Talia, if you want to let uh, let all our listeners know where they can find you online, Twitter, Instagram, email, etc. Yeah, sure. So my email address is Talia. It's just T-A-L-I-A at RevZilla, which is Rev, like Rev Your Engines, and then Zilla, like Godzilla, dot com. Um, I'm definitely on LinkedIn at Talia Edmondson. And then my Twitter handle is T-G-W-E-E-D-E-D, which if I ever meet you in person, I'll tell you that story in real time. (laughs) Um, But just you know, just know I vastly between, uh, you know, football rage and HR stuff, and then um, anything that has to do with Michelle Obama is automatically going to get retweeted. So if you're down with that, you can find me there. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, awesome. thanks so much for joining us. And, Thank uh, you for having me. Everybody have a good week. We'll talk next week on Drive Through HR. Thanks, Talia. Bye, Robin. Thank Take you. Care. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.